Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Text Message with me, Nate Langson. And me, Ian Morris. And joining us this week, let it not go uncelebrated, Andrew Langson. Hi. Uh, What a surprise. Isn't it just? He is, uh, well, he's my brother, but he's a friend of the show. He is here talking about our first story, which we're going to get into in a few moments. Just before we do, um, I would like to say that I had a very interesting conversation with my mother earlier today um, in which she said, well, she was asking me, how do I listen to um, the podcast? And I said, oh, I'll send you I'll send you a link. You can pop it into the Apple Podcasts app. And she said. Oh, I'm not using Apple Podcasts. I use the purple app, the one with the logo that looks like an erect penis. <laughs> and I said, that's the Apple Podcasts logo. And I wondered, has anyone wondered that before? Does it look like an erect I'm just penis? I'm quickly firing up. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's not what, that's not what my first thought was, to be honest. It looks like a person yeah. in a sound bubble. That's mm. what I've always assumed it is. But I mean... I, I guess yeah, it's open to interpretation. That's for sure. If uh, if you're listening and have a view on other icons that appear to be depicting a bodily part amidst a sin of the flesh, let us know. Let's get into the first story. This is why Andy's here. Um, Sony said this week that it's going to start selling something called custom grid lines for its professional alpha cameras. In simple terms, those are the things you might see on your smartphone camera. Uh, They look a bit like lines or squares that help you frame your shots. Quite handy. Pros use them as well. And there are some use cases where you might want a more specific kind of non-symmetrical grid framing a passport photo or an ID card or something. Now, you might wonder, why exactly are we talking about this? The reason is because Sony said it is going to charge people who want to use these custom grid lines $149, which is well over 100 quid. It's close to 150 quid. Yeah, to to load up to four of them at once, which you still need to make yourself. uh, What? Little PNGs onto your pro camera. So, in short... It's oh, a, come on. It's a very expensive in-app payment for something that, to me at least, and apparently to Ian in his ign- indignation, sounds like something that at least should be free. In fact, when I read the, <clears throat> this story on Sony's um, kind of corporate blog, it looked to me like someone in Sony's camera department took a little look at the guys across the fence in PlayStation and said, hmm, People seem to like spending £400 on a console and then £60 on a game, and they still spend pound after pound on in-game stuff. Maybe maybe we should do this in our cameras. Um, so in my moment of confusion and Ian's predictable indignation, I do what I normally do, in, which is text Andy, my brother, a uh, professional photographer and editor-at-large uh, for CNET, Andrew Langson, give us the dirt 
Are tell we, us, yeah. Tell us we're wrong on this. No, we're, 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 our indignation is outrageous. No, uh, you're not. You're not wrong to be um, uh, absolutely furious about uh, about how much this is this is costing because this really is like a feature that uh, I, I don't think you uh, Sony can really justify charging this much for. Well, I mean it can because it is, but. Um, you can do this already for for free on other cameras. Uh, like I, I shoot a lot of video with the Blackmagic uh, cinema camera. That already has this uh, built in. It's not something you have to pay extra for. It comes in the box. Uh, but also, in another way, it's Sony. They're very good at charging a lot of money for these little extras, as they said, with the PlayStation. And when I looked at buying a little viewfinder for a compact camera and that was four or five hundred pounds um so everything is always going to come at a little with a little extra cost but it's i would say it look at it a little bit kind of like dlc for a game you know you have the base game but then you can upgrade it with additional things additional storylines additional quests and things for a fee and that is kind of what uh kind of what this is um other companies have done it as well panasonic uh did something called the filmmaker um upgrade for one of its um full frame cameras where it added a lot more to the table including things like uh, vlog and various other pro filming uh codecs and quality um adjustments and things like that and that was about two hundred dollars um but i get that more though well like that's, that's the a value thing. add that is exact well that's the thing that literally does take your camera that little bit further and allow you to do things in a different way whereas what sony uh is done with this arguably it doesn't um the main use case for these kinds of things are for the very like high volume turnaround uh, production companies maybe like e-commerce uh sites where you need very specific layouts of products or people um and so you need these custom grids and essentially sony's like well high volume e-commerce there's a lot of money there we can therefore charge big bucks for it um so now i am a little on uh, the fence so i could i could sort of see it if you were a sort of video person and you were doing regular videos for youtube and you wanted to do vertical video for tiktok and you did a custom frame line so that you could see when something was in both the vertical frame and the horizontal frame even though that's a really weird way of doing it and actually there's no real reason to do it that way but i could sort of kind of maybe see the argument that may be who they're aiming it at to be honest but this this gaffer tape exists (laughs) and you can just do your own frame lines with that the thing is the issue i've got with this and the reason i kind of wanted to talk about it isn't because of any specific feature or whether or not it's it's worth uh having it's more that we've seen this almost mission creep of non-software companies and i mean i know sony is a software company but we're talking about a product here a camera usually very expensive cameras if it's in the alpha range um sort of slipping in and sometimes under the guise of an experiment what is essentially a microtransaction for something that really should be in there already i would point you to the uh, bmw which i think's re- reverse course on they this now it back. but but they were at one point planning to charge 18 dollars a month to use the heated seat feature in the car that you have already paid for yeah um with the the, heated seat hardware built in it's already there and it wasn't even a one-off 
it was every single month you would have to pay $18 to, to heat your seats, you know, the best part of £15. Mm. Now, they relatively recently, within the last couple of months, I think, said, OK, we're not we're not going to do that. And good. And I think the reason they, they, they said that was because of the, the massive outrage. But it's a slippery slope. And we're seeing this all over the place now where it's, well, can we slip in a subscription here or a micropayment here? And for the longest time, it was a, it was sort of a confine of of games and then it became apps and then it quickly became hardware. And now we're seeing it in essentially like pay extra for some firmware and not even particularly useful firmware. Yeah. Rather, no, that's not true. I'm sure it's useful, but it's not worth 150 quid yeah that's kind of um that that it is a worrying trend but i think uh, it, it also worries me more in the fact that it allows companies to continue to essentially put out half-baked products with the promise of more updates to come um it's something that obviously we see in, in things all the time and uh, particularly in games i mean god like you know we can remember how bad cyberpunk was and it's only really now that it's at a point of being enjoyably playable nate do not argue with that um but i worry that it allows sony and others probably to essentially put out cameras that are really should be in beta phase and then and simply just like pump out uh firmware updates down the line um which is okay to a degree as long as when those updates arrive, they're not something that you then have to pay for. Yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm not completely opposed to the idea of being like, well, if you've got the feature and the product is launching, then you should get all the software that is available for that product. If you then want to get things that are only available for the next product, that's annoying in its own way. And Apple does that a lot. and restricts things to only the latest hardware, even though the previous generation could technically run it but i find that somehow less annoying than the idea of saying it's going to come with this new one and it'll run on the one you've got and and the code is in there but you have to pay more to unlock it if you want to use it because that's what this kind of feels a bit like to me and and it doesn't feel like this tiny little feature was so expensive to develop that they have to justify it by saying well this is how we recoup the investment or this is how we make the product cheaper in the first place that's one of the options that companies have i think to to get around this is saying well yeah but if we if if we charge individually a bit like ryanair charges for every you know every visit to the toilet that you want to take i'm sure i don't know if that's true but you know what i mean like every they don't do that but they do do other things every little bit of the puzzle um is is charged extra for if you want to see the complete you want J- to get jigsaw. on the plane? Well, then you're going to have to pay extra for that. Yeah. Um, I, it, I is it is it? I'm, I'm, am I right in thinking though that most of your outrage comes from the fact that this update seems to contain very little? You know, when I mentioned the Panasonic thing, both of you were like, "Yeah, fair enough. That seems like no. a good amount." No, it's not. I, I, I mean, apologies if I, if I didn't make it clear. I'm not particularly annoyed about the feature itself. It's more a case of being annoyed that micropayments are slipping into things like cameras. Well, I wouldn't describe this as a micropayment either. I do but relative to the cost of the camera itself, <laughs> you know, these bodies could go for several thousand dollars. Lenses go for several thousand dollars. Um, and if I'm then having to pay $100, $150 for an extra bit of firmware, I would say relative to the overall cost, that is a micropayment. But I, it, it feels like a slippery slope. I think we should be cross. I think we should be. Well, and also they're opening themselves up a little bit here because 
um what's going to happen is that people are going to work out how to get around this and do it for free they're going to do custom firmwares and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and because you know there will have been some outrage generated by this it's more likely that eyes but you know people who can code and people who are adept at tweaking firmwares are much more likely to look at this and go well well, we can unlock this um grab ourselves some internet kudos and um there's nothing sony can do you're absolutely right in and that was a a point i was gonna i was gonna make and uh, that was uh the case with um canon's uh, 5d and his 6d and that there are various things that it should be able to do that canon simply didn't let you do but there was a big, uh, big, uh, like essentially like rooting your camera. Uh, it was called Magic Lantern, I think, and that let you install it uh, into the camera. It didn't really change anything, but it did open up some new features. And I used it because one of the features I wanted to do was you uh, essentially use my ca- uh, my Canon five D, my sixty at the time as a webcam but if you plugged an hdmi cable into it you got all of the text on screen you know all of your like aperture info you didn't get what's called a clean hdi output but using magic lantern allowed you to do that even though it's something that should just be in the software but canon specifically did not allow you to do that on the 6d because it was a lower level model that was a feature that you could only do i think on the 5d and above so which was annoying but this software existed and i downloaded free and it worked fine i mean i'm sure you know there's all problems with warranties and whatnot but you're right that does encourage people to do that so maybe that's what sony's going to be looking at also we've talked about these are on very expensive cameras going and these are features for uh pros making a lot of money now really those are the sort of people that sony should be courting with frankly better customer service by saying hey you need these features here they are continue please buying and using our equipment not oh you need a new feature to do your job two hundred dollars please uh, it's a bit of a slap in the face and frankly if i were these companies doing this stuff i'd be looking at sony thinking is this a company i want to continue to hitch my wagon to do they maybe think that they're 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 safe in doing that because to change from sony to canon or nikon or something means potentially replacing your entire library of lenses which is extraordinarily expensive to do i mean you know they're all resaleable like you know lenses don't as a rule fluctuate that much in the second hand market i mean you'd lose some money but they're still valuable things um you know and and, i mean you could certainly make the argument that people will will want to go to other companies i mean i think for the first time probably ever nikon's a bit competitive in video again or is for the first time um so you know but they've never had more competition plus people have got phones that are very close to being as good for video like the iphone for example it's pretty good for video now mm. so you're you know, definitely going to be angering some directors of photography out there well no sure because obviously we're, we're not talking about the same level but the but you know for for the people who use those cameras professionally i think what you've said what what's been said is probably right 149 dollars is small when you know a license for I don't know, 4K from 1080p back in the day might have been a few thousand quid or dollars, you know, like that. I remember Sony had those early cameras that um, I've, I can't remember what the model number was, but they, they were 1080p internal recording, but you could firmware upgrade them to 4K via the SDI out. Um, and it was not a cheap upgrade, I don't think, but you were getting 
something for it you were getting you know a load of extra resolution that was on the sensor but couldn't be recorded internally because it was too complicated and would have caused too much heat or whatever um but you know we're not i don't think we're talking about cameras broadly used by very high-end people we're talking about sort of the middle of the market i don't know maybe i'm wrong andy would know more Andy would know more. Um, Andy is probably about to head out to photograph some aurora, I believe. So you get the last word, Andy, if you have anything to add on this and let people know where they can find some of your work if they want to look into your yes well, and your work sorry for my silence uh yeah i've my my last word i i, I agree i when you said um sh- people should be angry I, d- I just think people should be cautious um like this i don't necessarily think that this isn't such a major feature that people are going to be pissed off about um not having uh, nor is it something that sony originally promised and is now charging as an upgrade uh but i do agree with you that it is a potentially slippery slope that we should uh be aware of not encouraging um mm. and uh, by the way at sony does point out that when this goes live in uh, ne- uh in about three months you'll need a license for every camera so it's not even like you can buy one for an account and use it on all of your slrs if you have two which most professional photographers will have more than one camera prepare to be paying this for every single one of okay, those maybe, okay maybe be quite angry uh so okay there there's my conclusion uh yes thank you for uh for having me on for this segment um uh you can find me online on social channels with at battery hq more importantly you can uh follow and subscribe my photography youtube channel which is andrew langson photography do that definitely do we'll include a link in the show notes and all the usual places um it's uh, well worth looking at some great videos on there obviously i'm biased but the views well, i'm not comments. and i think they're brilliant videos too well thanks. well thanks andy thanks for joining us enjoy your aurora and for anyone who wants to let us know your thoughts on this do send us an email of course hello at uktechshow.com I don't know I, I don't know how you work I don't know what your days are filled with or how you operate but I wanted to raise the point of Evernote with you ah. because yes uh, founded in 2004 uh, it was purchased at the start of this year by an Italian app developer who I believe is called Bending Spoons which is an unusual name especially for an Italian company mm. um, anyway it's under fire because the uh, owner is now limiting free accounts to one workbook and 50 individual notes now evernote's a phenomenon people have loved it for a really long time and swear by it um and so i mean i wanted to ask you what you were using for notes but tell you that i've used both note shelf and um apple's notes which are both pretty good to be fair note shelf is great with the apple pencil um you can search your own handwriting i never thought i'd see the day nate that's uh it's a it's a revelation you know you write with your handwriting and somehow it knows what you've written i mean i know that apple has that functionality too but even so i was very impressed and i did buy that app 
because it was so good it has flexibility in terms of being able to import pdfs of like um you know different styles of notepad so if you want to do like journaling and stuff like that there's some it's a bit limited but there are some options for you to you know make notes that are in in a way that suits you which I, which i thought was a pretty good and worthwhile thing to have because i was going to do calendar based you know note taking so that i always knew what was coming up and what i wanted to do unfortunately it didn't really work out for me so really i'm back on apple notes now which i i like and find very useful both of them well note shelf is a one off purchase i believe um i think there might be a free version um and Apple Notes is obviously free, but I don't know what you're using or how you feel about this, once again, gouging of price. Well, you have, you've blown my mind a little bit because I didn't realise that Evernote was basically 20 years old. Yeah, I know. Like, it's that's, insane, isn't it? I, I, I would have... I might have guessed at a push 15, um, but to think that it's going to have its 20th birthday in under a month, Yeah. Um, at least based on the year... Well, uh, based on when the company was founded, but I think it came out pretty quickly. But I, I mean, what are we talking about? Like, what was it? What did it start on? It must have started on the internet as a something people used with their laptops because this is before smartphones, right? Oh yeah, I mean, two thousand and four like, yeah. was pre uh, predates the Four iPhone years by before the iPhone. Well, well, three years, three years, but it didn't have an app store to begin with, so really four four years. And I remember, I remember Evernote launching when we well i remember we got the apps everyone started getting very excited about evernote when it became an app for the iphone uh, and android and that happened when i think late on in our tenure at cnet so that would have been towards maybe 2009 possibly um but either way it's it's amazing this change seems i think a little bit short-sighted from what i can gather though a massive number of people who used to use and swear by Evernote have migrated to other things. Some, mm. as you say, moved to Apple's Notes, which for, for a long time was extremely basic and, and lacked even rudimentary formatting. It was a basically a glorified plain text editor. But over the years, Apple's added a lot of functionality um, and even uh, collaboration and uh, and stuff that that makes it a lot better and that's that's what i use for for all of my notes but also along that you've got things like microsoft OneNote. a lot of people swear by OneNote. really, really oh god really. not me mate but not it, me but if you're a one if you're an office 365 customer it makes a lot, it makes a lot of sense to at least consider that because it? it's i think so it's a very good it's awful it's a lot of people like it a lot of people like it Maybe um, I'm not using it right, and it integrates well with with the Office Suite. So I think there's there's good reason there. Um, well, I, I will just say that nothing integrates well with the Office Suite, not even Office. But anyway, <laughs> Captain Kremen, <laughs> as a side note, says in uh, live chat he's using Synology DS Notes. That's weird. Which I've I mean, m- is that like a NAS synced local notes thing? Like, could, does it sync to your Synology NAS? I, that's all I know of Synology, really. Mm. Um, well, whilst we're waiting for that answer, shall I tell you how much it costs? Yeah, well, Evernote, Evernote, yes. Yeah, it's $15 a month for a personal <sighs> plan. Yeah, that's with 10 gigs of monthly uploads. Um, and you can, well, this says, yeah, so you can double it to 20 gigs 
Uh, that's $18. That pricing is weird, right? <laughs> it's like a $3 difference in price, but double the storage. Anyway. Well, you know, that, that's just, that's, they just want to upsell you. Oh, if you're spending yeah. 15 you might as well spend 18 and get twice the storage. I would have said it would be better to charge 12 for the personal and then go for 15 for the, uh, the, the double storage one. That, that feels to me like a more... I don't know. It feels better, but even what, even so, they are both really expensive plans. Like that, you're talking about. That's more than what is it? What's the where does that sit in the Apple like iCloud plan? Well, iCloud is quite a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think I think you used to be able to get two terabytes of iCloud for about eight pounds. Yeah, Microsoft, that's what I'm on. Microsoft's um, storage is is on par with apples i think you get more for free with um with with microsoft and as and i think with office 365 you get you get a terabyte included as as part of that which is which is significantly more than 10 or 20 gigabytes um i think it's a it's weird and it's a sad it's a sad state because the reason evernote was was so good was because it was more than just a note-taking app you could throw anything into it. You could throw JPEGs, PDFs, websites. You had things like the Clipper, where you could just clip things from apps and websites and they'd appear there and everything became searchable and it would do optical character recognition so you could search within the content of attachments, which was extremely useful. And and, and it was multi-platform. It worked just as well on the web as it did on mobiles. They had great apps for tablets, for Windows, for Mac. Like, it was just a really well-thought-out and extremely good, flexible, note-taking app. And now it's got to this point where, as you're saying, it's a, a paltry... Like, the one one workbook, which is essentially one um, folder, um, is, is not a, a, maybe a massive issue. But, and 50 notes... I mean, all right, just use one note and just keep adding to the bottom or adding to the top of it. And and I think Evernote said in its announcement of this change that most free users are under that limit anyway. And that's and that's fair. But sure. I but 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 I but I find the pricing and not to get on a rant about pricing today, because really the last segment wasn't so much about pricing or features. It was about uh, micropayments in, in big, expensive hardware. Um but this just seems in a world of OneNote and Apple Notes and I'm sure Google Drive has is called Keep, isn't it? Um, which, oh, I don't know. Which I think a lot of that a lot of people a lot of people like. You know, it's it's really difficult to compete, um, and uh, and I don't think Evernote's going to necessarily do itself any favors by by doing this. What I would no. say is that Evernote, to its um, disservice, I suppose, made it very easy to export all of your stuff uh-huh. out of it, and Apple made it very easy to import all of your Evernotes into itself, as I believe OneNote and Keep do. So that's one thing. But woe betide anyone who wants to export their Apple Notes into anything other than PDFs. <laughs> um, that is a that is um, it, it's it's yeah. like my back passage. It's a one way street. Um, so sorry for that i i apologize yeah, i don't know what you were thinking but anyway i no, and i know you don't want to go on about pricing but we have just i mean again it's like why does everything have to be a, a subscription i'm just tired of it nate so tired because it's cloud and cloud comes with a cost and you have to justify it and you yes, and, and, I, and, and and forecastable revenue is very attractive for businesses and investors like that's just a oh, sad, of course sad reality but um but this even a subscription i mean could you imagine an evernote that costs i don't know three pounds a month 
Imagine how many people would sign up for £3 a month. Well, I'm going to have to imagine it because it's not going to be anywhere near that, is yeah. it? So, A couple of other things, though, that I think are relevant to this, more broadly speaking, is that I have actually been thinking an awful lot recently about note-taking and organisation. And a couple of things have come onto my radar in recent um, both weeks and, and months. One that's worth flagging is Apple's going to release this journaling app which bizarrely is only going to be on the iPhone, to, at least to, be, mm. to begin with, which I find completely baffling why a journaling tool wouldn't be available on the web or, or on desktop or on Or iPad. at least on an iPad. That, I mean, iPad's where you want it because you, that's you, the ideal medium to be note-taking with a pencil. You'd have thought so. If you're doing a journal, which is essentially a diary where you are... You, it's, it's basically notes, but way more graphic and date based, and, yeah. and it looks. You don't it, want to be typing that into your phone, do you? Really? I, I think, I, I think it's a missed opportunity out of the gate not to to go all in on, on that. But um, that's one thing. But I've also been seeing Kate over the last couple of years really teach me a lot about the world of journaling in general. Paper, actual journal. This is like the internet, mate, but made out of trees. What? Um, it's, I'm it's, not sure I I understand the concept of that. It's odd. It's um it's these things. It's like you you get them. They call them pages, right? And you mm-hmm. you 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 write on both sides and you fold them over. Kind of like it's a bit like when you flip through um like a Kindle ebook or something. You know how yeah. it, it look it looks like the pages flapping around a bit. It's it's like uh-huh. they've made a a real version of that out of a tree. Okay. So, um it's interesting and. I've seen a lot of these people use these journals and design them in, in a really beautiful way and, and put a lot of effort into bullet journaling and keeping things simple and organized and tracking their hours and their days and their weeks and their months. And it really has got me thinking that although I've not found a way to integrate a paper diary into my life because I need to, I need to be able to shout stuff into the ether and have a digital assistant hear it and put it in all my things so it's all there and that's how i get things done mm-hmm. um uh i do think that you could probably take a lot of what goes into a handwritten journal and uh and, and a to-do sort of system and and i could embed that in whatever app i'm using whether it's OneNote or apple notes or or, or whatever else um you certainly used to be able to do that with evernote um it doesn't feel like it's as easy to do it with uh, with Apple Notes, maybe it's easy to do with OneNote. Maybe I should be considering that. But um, but I found this Evernote. Twenty years of Evernote, fifty note limit. It just feels like such a long, hard journey for for that business. Yes, bit of um, a shame. And I mean, <clears throat> yeah, and I, I I get I get that you can't operate things for free. It's not a sustainable business model. <clears throat> um, I just think it's ill-thought-out pricing structure and i don't know and and people will support things that they believe in you know people support us as a podcast you know we don't make them um so people do like to contribute i find that myself with things that i you know support it's it's nice sometimes to give something back for something that's served you well and i just think that this sort of forces people's hand and it's going to get everyone's back up and they're all just going to go to something else which is a shame um uh, Captain Kremen uh, confirmed that yes, indeed, uh, you can, the Synology DS notes syncs with uh, uh, your NAS and has a Chrome plugin and things like that. It's mm. pretty cool. So yeah, there's lots of options out there. I quite like Notion for a bit, but I didn't. I couldn't really make it work for me. But I like the idea of it because it's a proper database. 
I know um, Kate and her colleagues absolutely swear by an app called Todoist, okay. which is less of a note-taking app and more of a more of a planner, more of a, a task manager, a bit like Things, you know, um, which uh, our old colleague and, and boss, I think, Michael Parsons, used to swear by. Um, I'm not sure if it was Things he used, but it was this getting things done method of 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 management which was which is quite interesting right okay um so that's that's todoist um and also you uh, you miss captain kremen actually asked how long do batteries last in these journals it's a good question these paper things i'm not sure i don't even know where you put a battery in them are they mains powered do you just plug them into the wall i just assume because they're made out of trees it's the same idea some kind of photosynthesis solar maybe solar yes exactly that that's probably it isn't it i think it must be well, we'll keep finding out. If anyone knows how uh, how books are powered, that would be uh, that would be great. A couple of other comments uh, before we move on. Uh, Rich and Russ says, uh, "I didn't like things. You had to pay for each app or device separately uh, for things. This is not uh, not Evernote, and that's true. You have to pay, and they're not cheap either. Not the, we sound like we're we're hating on things for costing money. That's really not the message here." Um, it's just how... they have to be proportionately priced for the you know like I, if you charge a hundred pounds for something it's probably still worth it but you're just cutting off a huge percentage of the audience that just simply does not have that kind of money mm. um, you know I mean sure and also what you know why if you're a customer you're a customer you shouldn't have to pay for each device it should be a, an account thing and I don't know you know yes sure there's and, different ways of doing things and Al Struthers um, good old Al says Microsoft to do does the same thing is also part of office 365 so yes. it'd, be, it'd, be good, it'd be good to get some feedback from listeners hello at uktechshow.com how you organize your notes particularly if you are incorporating a paper diary into your digital workflow i would welcome some advice on that because so far i haven't found a way of doing it that i like I would like to thank everybody who's currently listening to us live. We've got some great live listeners right now. We had Luna earlier. We've got Al, Captain Kremen, of course. Fernando's here. Kate, Mike's here. Rich and Russ. Um, And we've got many more people supporting us as well. And you can do that by going to Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash UK Tech. Get the extended version. Get Listen to us live. Get the back catalogue. Go ad-free. All that good stuff. What you might say is it's a little bit like we give you the camera for free. <laughs> but if you want the upgraded brilliant firmware, then it will cost you uh, a yeah, subscription. Again. It's a micropayment. But the difference is we're not, you know, we're... we're Sony charges you for the camera. You can listen to us for free if you want. And uh, also, it'd be great if you left us a review if you do so, because that's honestly how we find our audience. Uh, so thanks to everyone who's supporting us. We're going to move into our third discussion story of the week now, if you are one of those backers. And it's all about a year of ChatGPT. Please welcome. That's going to do it for this week. Ian, it's been a great chat it's been nice to have andy on the show of course as well i haven't had him on for some time do you have any plans for this uh, this upcoming weekend ian well i was hoping it was going to snow it is in london i think oh good well if it does snow 
going out in the snow, maybe. Hmm. Snow plans if, uh, if, if, if that doesn't <laughs> happen, then. No, I'll stay in and uh, watch TV. No, I'm, I, I'm sure I'll find something productive to do. I'm sure a man with two children and uh, and a house can can think of something to do. I bought a sofa. I mean, it's not coming till next Tuesday, but God. even so, it's been nearly three years I've been in this house and I've been sitting on a donated sofa for all that time. Well, I haven't. I just don't sit on it. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.